Would you pray with me before we jump into this message? Lord, I pray that this is your word this morning. God, we are here because we love you and we want to know you more so that we can become more like you. And so, God, would you do that this morning? Your word that is powerful, um, would, it, would it come forth and show us something that we need to see? And then, Lord, would you soften our hearts to be malleable to what your word says this morning? We pray this in your name. Amen. So a real fast recap. We're on the Lord's Prayer because I've kind of challenged us all as a church to be people who have daily prayer time. I know that's hard. I know it's hard to find the time, but I've encouraged you guys, steal the time. Find a place where you can steal it from somewhere and give that to God because it's life-changing when you become a Christian that prays daily. It changes everything. And we're teaching you to go through the Lord's Prayer because this is what Jesus taught us. When you pray, pray like this. We started with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm in awe of you. I respect you. I have reverence for you. I truly look at you with awe and wonder. I have a a healthy fear of your immensity and your power. And then last week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We understand I'm not here to do what I want. I'm not here to build my kingdom. I'm not here to build my reputation. I'm not here to get certain results out of life that I like. I'm here because the kingdom of God is being built in me and I'm going to spread that kingdom everywhere I go in this world. And we remind ourselves that is why we're here. And it keeps us from being so worried about our own kingdom every day. So let's move on to the next verse. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Now that seems super short and super simple, and you might even be thinking, how can you possibly give a whole message on this? And I will say, this is actually the hardest one for me to fit into one message, and I might very well go over my time on this one because the Bible says so much about this. And this is one of the the concepts in the Lord's Prayer that if you really understand it, it will transform how you live your life. And so we are going to really look at this and make sure we understand what Jesus was teaching us with this part of the prayer. So let's start with a couple of the words that he said. Give and bread. Give us today our daily bread. And so this word bread is really interesting because it does mean like a loaf of bread, but it is also used oftentimes in the Bible and by Jesus particularly to to kind of symbolize the needs that you have in a day. You guys know there's words like that. They mean this, but they're often used to kind of symbolize a bigger idea. And this is one of those, the idea of my the bread I need is like all of my needs. And Jesus used it quite often in his ministry when he said the bread, man does not live on bread alone. He's talking about the needs that we have in our daily life. And so when we understand this, we understand Jesus is not teaching us to say, God, give me a loaf of bread every day. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we have needs every day. We have core needs that we need to ask God to help us with. So those of you who know the hierarchy of needs, there's all sorts of things. There's food, there's water, there's shelter, 
there's love, purpose. There's these things that are like, they're not wants. If you take them away from somebody, they are going to struggle to keep going as far as in a length of time, eventually they'll shut down if they don't have these things. And so we understand when, when he says our daily bread, when he says bread, that's what he's referring to is yes, food, but anything that you need in order to survive, all of your daily needs is represented with this word bread. But he also says, give us today our daily bread. And this is the first humbling part of this because we have to understand that our needs come from God and not us. That's an uncomfortable truth to have to look in the face every single day, to be like, I can't meet my needs. Even, even the core needs that I have, the, the bare minimum to get me through, I have to rely on God because I can't make it happen myself. This is what James chapter one, verse 17 says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. It's humbling having to declare God, even the most basic things, I, I need your help. I need you to provide it to me. And that's a healthy thing to have to come to terms with every day is that I can't provide for myself. Now that doesn't sound very fun to have to come to terms with every day. And you might be thinking, well, I go and I work and I make money. It's who gave you the strength to work, right? Who gave you the intelligence to problem solve? Who gave you everything? Who is sustaining your breathing right now? Everything that you have comes from God. And yes, you might work for it, but that ability to go work, all of that comes from God. We are reliant on God for everything. And right in this prayer, Jesus is like, don't forget that. Don't forget that it's not God thinks that I can meet my own needs. It's God, you have to give it to me. I am reliant on you for everything. And that's kind of the first part of this in our daily prayer time. It is so healthy humbling, but healthy to come to terms with this. I can't do it. I can't meet my needs. I can't make anything happen. Without God, I'm done. And have to come to terms with that every day is so healthy. But that's not the big part of this. And that's not where I want to spend a lot of time. Because I think a lot of us, although that's uncomfortable, we kind of think about that and we know, hey, I need to rely on God and I, I need to give things over to God and he needs to do it for me. But we have to look at the word today because this is one of those topics that the Bible talks so much about and the church has not done a great job of teaching it. And it's so clear that what God thinks about this, the idea of today, and that Jesus specifically put that in the prayer. That was not an accident. This part of the Lord's Prayer is six words. Every word was put there on purpose, no accidental words. And Jesus chose to say, give us today our daily bread. Why didn't he just pray, God, give us for the rest of our life what we need? Why did Jesus specifically say, give us today our daily bread? And I'm going to bring you to the concept of manna. You guys know the story of manna in the desert? I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it a little bit. So, so God had brought the Israelites out of Egypt where they were slaves. And they were kind of wandering and they didn't have any food. And so God said, I will provide for you manna, which is basically 
like sweet bread. It's like sugar and carbs. Everybody's dreams, like donuts on the ground all day. It's awesome. And this is what he says. And I'm going to bring you to Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read verse 4. And then we're going to jump down. We're going to read all through 17 through 20 so that you can really understand this. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Then we jump to verse 17. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Why did God do it this way? Why did he specifically tell them, I don't want you to gather any for the next day, except for the Sabbath, but that's a different thing. And why was he so angry with them? And why did they not trust him with it? These are the questions we still deal with today. Because what we see here is the heart of God is God wants us to rely on him every single day. That is super clear in this scripture. I want to provide for you every day, but I also want you to rely on me to provide for you every day. And what's clear in this is we as humans don't like to rely on God every day. We like to know that we have enough for tomorrow today, even if God promises he'll give us what we need tomorrow. We struggle to trust God with tomorrow if we can't see it already today. And this is still happening in our lives right now. This is as relevant as it's ever been, this tension between us and God. God saying, I want you to have to rely on me every day. I want you to look for me every day because I will provide for you every day. And it's my joy to provide for you every day. And we struggle and we want to have it all now. And no, we have enough for tomorrow already in our pockets so that we don't have to look to God again tomorrow. We like to hoard and gather so we can feel secure because we don't like our security to come from the faithfulness of God. We want our security to come from our ability to gather and prepare. So our minds rarely stay on today because we want our security to come from the fact that we're ready for tomorrow. And so our minds are always on tomorrow. We all love tomorrow, right? You guys know the song from Annie? Tomorrow, I love you. We all love tomorrow. We're always thinking about tomorrow. We're always living in tomorrow. And it's so hard to trust God with it and to say, God, I'll stay with you in today because we want to already know that tomorrow's taken care of before we get there. It's kind of nice to know that people struggled with this before us, right? That you're not alone in your struggle with wanting to have tomorrow taken care of before you get there and not having to rely on God tomorrow for what tomorrow is going to bring. But we tend to, our mind is always in tomorrow and not today. 
and I'm the worst. So I'm preaching to myself today. I have some sermons like that where it's like, you guys can listen, but I'm preaching to myself today. So if I seem harsh, it's because I'm talking to myself. I tend to be a little harsher when I talk to myself. So don't take offense to that. But the problem is you can't take action in tomorrow. You can't do anything in tomorrow. You can do things today that will hopefully better prepare for tomorrow, but that's still today's stuff. But what happens is when our minds are constantly living in tomorrow, you can't actually do anything in tomorrow. You can't take any action. You can't change tomorrow because you're not there yet. But when your mind is always trying to move to tomorrow and not staying in today where God wants you to be, because he's like, today is where I'm providing for you. I'm not providing for you tomorrow yet. I'm providing for you today. So stay here with me today. But when our minds are always in there, we really can only do one of two things because we can't actually change tomorrow. We can't really take action in tomorrow because it's not there. So we can do one of two things. Here's one thing we can do. I'm going to bring you to James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. This is what it says. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You, know, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And those of you, if you looked it up in your Bible, if you have a Bible that has a heading, the heading of this says boasting about tomorrow. So that's option one. If you want to live in tomorrow, the one, the one thing you can do is you can boast in it. You can think through, I'm going to get it all together tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to do this. Tomorrow, I'm going to do that. That's where all your security comes from. That's where all your joy comes from, is what you're going to do tomorrow. And it's great to think about tomorrow because you can feel good about the stuff you're going to do without actually having to do anything, right? It just feels good to think about all you're going to get done tomorrow. And the Bible says, don't do that. Don't boast in tomorrow. Don't get your security from what you're going to do tomorrow. Don't get your joy from what you're going to do tomorrow. Jesus actually warns us of that kind of thinking. And I'm going to bring you to a parable he said in Luke chapter 12. And this is Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. He says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Can we just stop? Can you imagine seeing Jesus and being there while he taught? and trying to get Jesus to like, dis, like settle a money dispute for you. That's just crazy to me. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Now, I want to be clear. It's good to plan. It's good to save. All of those things are good. And Jesus was not saying it's a bad thing to save. It's when your security comes from that. It's when that's what you look to 
for all of your joy and security is how much you have stored for tomorrow and to think, I have provided for myself. I've got as much as I need and I've done it so I'm secure and I can just relax. That is not a godly way to look at tomorrow. And that's what happens when we boast in tomorrow. When we live in tomorrow, we end up getting our security from what we have, how much we've stored, how good we've planned. And again, planning is good. So please don't hear me say that you shouldn't have a retirement or anything like that, because that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when your head is always in tomorrow, it is tempting if you're doing well to boast in tomorrow, to get your security from tomorrow, to get your joy from tomorrow. And that's one of the directions you can go if you are always living in tomorrow. But some of you might be like, well, that's not me. There's not much about tomorrow I can even boast about. Things aren't going well. I don't have grain laid up in barns for tomorrow. And then what you can do is you can worry about tomorrow. This is in Matthew 6. So this is in the same sermon as the Lord's Prayer. So if you were to go listen to Jesus preach, this teaching would have been in the same sermon as the Lord's Prayer. And these are verses 25 through 34. This is what it says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen on that part? I've never had a day where I was like, not enough is going wrong today. I wish, I, if I could steal some problems from tomorrow and just bring them in, that would level itself out. It's so funny because Jesus teaches this so clearly. This is not ambiguous. This is not vague. He's just like, don't worry about tomorrow. Now we have to understand what worrying is. There is planning for tomorrow and there's doing what you need to do today so that tomorrow is not a disaster. Those are both good things. Planning for tomorrow to say, hey, I should probably plan. I should save some of my paycheck if I can and things like that. That's not worrying. That's taking actual action, which is good. Or saying, hey, I'm going to get all of my stuff done today that I can so that I don't leave it all for tomorrow and make tomorrow into a disaster is also a good thing. That's not what we're talking about. 
What we're talking about is worrying, which is I can't really take any action. I don't really know even if this thing is going to happen, but I think it might. And so I'm going to just sit and ruminate on it. And I'm going to think about everything that could go wrong about tomorrow. And even though I'm not helping tomorrow in any way, I'm not taking any real action, I'm just going to sit and worry. And this is what Jesus said, don't do that. Do not do that. That is not how I want you to live your life. But that's where most of us live, is we live in tomorrow and it's either in boasting about tomorrow or worrying about tomorrow, or maybe it's both. Maybe you're really good and you're like, I can boast and worry at the same time. I can get all of it done. But really, what worrying is, is worrying is trying to solve tomorrow's problems with today's strength. You can't solve tomorrow's problems today. All you can do is steal strength from yourself so you don't have enough for the problems in front of you. And that's why Jesus said, there's enough problems today. I've given you the strength for the problems today. And if you try to use your strength to solve problems tomorrow that you can't even access yet, all you're doing is making it so you don't have enough strength for the problems for today. So why don't we just deal with the day that's in front of us? And again, I said, I'm the worst at this. I'll raise my hand. In fact, our family has a saying that we talk to each other all the time about, manna for today. We tell it all the time because I'll, I'll talk to Les and I'll be like, I don't know, this might happen, that might happen. What am I going to do? And she'll just be like, manna for today. You haven't been given the strength for that yet. Have you guys ever thought about that? You haven't been given the strength for tomorrow's problems yet. So of course you don't have the strength to deal with it because that's why a lot of us worry is we look at tomorrow and we say, well, if this happens, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. And it's like, because God hasn't given you the strength for that yet. He's given you the strength for today. And somehow you always have enough for today. When tomorrow comes, you'll have the strength for tomorrow. But that goes back to trusting God daily for provision. It's great when you can look at tomorrow's schedule and be like, I got it. I'm going to kill it tomorrow. I'm doing great. That's, that's a good feeling but most of us don't live in that luxury. Most of us, when we think about tomorrow, are like, I'm not really sure how I'm going to do that. I'm not sure how I'm going to have the energy. I'm not sure how I'm going to have the wisdom or the strength or the resources. And we have to wake up tomorrow and seek God for what we need tomorrow. It's interesting because tomorrow doesn't actually exist. You've never experienced tomorrow. Because as soon as it becomes tomorrow, it's today. All you ever have is today. You've only ever experienced today. And even when you think, well, I'll experience tomorrow, tomorrow. Nope, that will be today when you experience it. And so much of what Jesus is trying to teach us is be where you are. You have things to do today. There's nothing you can do tomorrow until it becomes today. Do I sound like a Dr. Seuss book yet? But this is so important. And again, the Bible explains this so clearly. It is not vague. Jesus is like, here's the deal. Tomorrow is going to do, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. How many of you guys who are worriers, what percentage of the things that you worry about actually happen? 5%, 10%, maybe? So there's 90% of things that you're worrying about that will never happen. Because as much as we think we are good at predicting the future, we're really not. 
If we were, we would all play the lottery and be millionaires. We're not that good at predicting the future. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Lastly, we need to look at the word daily. Because this is really interesting to me. Because he says, give us today our daily bread. And that word daily isn't like a time frame. It's not like give us a loaf of bread each day. That word daily means a fitting or an appropriate amount. So daily bread just means the right amount for someone to have for that day. And here's the last thing that we have to understand is that this trust, this ability to look to God for what we need every day, it only works if we trust in God's measurements. I'm going to go back to two verses we already read. We, we read them in bigger chunks, but I'm going to take just a couple verses. First is Matthew 6, verse 32. It says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In fact, before Jesus started teaching the Lord's Prayer, he said, your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. So God understands your needs better than you do. Do you guys believe that? That God knows what you need better than you do. He understands he's the one who made you. You don't think he knows what you need? And then Exodus chapter 16, verse 18 says this, and when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. That was kind of one of the miracles of the manna is it always seemed to be just the right amount, what they gathered. The only way it works to rely on God for our daily bread is if we're okay with enough. We don't want enough, right? We want more than enough. Because that's really what being rich means, is I have more than enough. I have more than I need. And, and we live in a culture where that's how we gauge success, is by having more than you need. If you have more than enough, you're successful. But that's not how it works in God's kingdom. He always seems to give us just enough. Have you guys noticed that? It always seems to be just enough, but it's not that that. We're, we're always feeling really good. Sometimes it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to have the strength. You might have a meeting that you're, you're having to go into or a conversation that you need to have. And you're like, I don't know if I can do it. And even during it, you're like, oh, but it's somehow God always seems to give you just enough. And daily bread is just that. It's trusting that God will give us enough. But if we're not okay with enough, we're not going to be okay with God's daily bread because that's what it is. It's an appropriate amount. It's what you need. It might not be as much as you want and, and you might not be able to show the world how successful you are even, but you will have enough. And that's what there's a, there's a story that I heard and I'm sure it didn't actually happen, but it's one of those lessons where a, a rich guy was talking to a middle-class person and saying all the, all the toys he had and how many houses he owned. And the middle-class person was like, I think I actually have something that you don't have. And the rich guy said, what? And he's like, enough, right? Because you have to be okay with enough 
for God's provision to work for you because it always is enough. Today, it's enough. It's not gonna be enough for tomorrow. And I'm just gonna promise you guys, God won't give you enough today for tomorrow because tomorrow's got its own problems, but it also has its own strength. There's new provisions tomorrow for the new problems for tomorrow. God lives in today. And that's what I really want you guys to go home with, is what you have to understand is as you read the Bible, God's power is where he is present. His presence. That's why we even saying the Lord is in this place because we understand his presence is where the impact comes. And I believe that God is saying the same to us. You can only have an impact today if you're present today. Have you guys ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, they're here, but they're like writing their grocery list in their mind. You can see it in their eyes. Like they're not here with me. They're not listening to what I'm saying. Is that a good conversation? Do they have a big impact on your life? No, you have to be present to have an impact. And we just talked about bringing God's kingdom into the world. I promise you, you're not gonna do it if you're not present. You're never gonna be able to really do anything in tomorrow. The only impact you can have is today, but you have to be present today to have any kind of impact. And so for your daily prayer life, the questions that I would ask as you get to give, give us today our daily bread is number one, what are my needs? What are my true needs today? And you will be shocked at how small your list gets when you actually define it that way. What are my true needs today? It's really surprising how small that list gets. But then I would ask, and I do it every day, God, what am I worrying about? What are the things tomorrow that I'm trying to, to change or live in that I can't, that you can just take away from me and I can give up because I do not want to spend today worrying about tomorrow. So what are the things that are weighing on me that I got to let go of right now because I can't do anything about them? But then I ask God for help and I realize, hey, my, my true needs today, I have to get it from you. I can't do it myself. But I know that you are happy to give it to me. That's the beautiful thing about this is the Bible tells us that God is like a father who loves to provide for his children. I'm not like trying to convince God to do something he doesn't want to do. He loves providing for us. That's why he wants to do it every day because he loves doing it. And so you can joyfully say, God, I need you to give me my needs today. And I trust you that your measurements are perfect, that you understand. And if you can do this every day, it will start to teach you how to be present in what God gives you today. Because I promise you, God is giving you opportunities to do kingdom work today. But if you are either boasting about tomorrow, worrying about tomorrow, you will not be present today and you will have very little impact in today. We need to let go of tomorrow and we need to let today be enough. So if you guys would stand, I want to pray over you this morning. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that today is really all that there is. 
God, that we just live through many, many todays in our life. And that, God, you promise to meet our needs today. And so, God, I, I pray that you help us to not worry, Lord. And yes, if there are things that we can do today to make tomorrow better, give us the strength to do it because that's really today's problems. But Lord, help us to not try to live in tomorrow. God, let us be present in what you are doing in our lives right now and today, Lord God. Would you help us to trust you with our needs, to, to humble ourselves and understand you're the one that has to give it to us. You're the one that sustains every breath that we take, Lord. And so Lord, would you just help us to look to you to provide us for our needs today and let tomorrow be tomorrow, Lord God. God, I thank you that you give us the strength we need. God, that no matter what we're up against today, you give us the strength for it today. And Lord, that tomorrow you will give us the strength for whatever comes up tomorrow. And so I thank you, Lord. Help us to be present in what you're doing right now in our life. I pray this in your name. Amen.